0: Dot com. You're listening to Run As Radio, the Internet audio talk show for IT professionals with Richard Campbell. This is Brandon Wen announcing show number 821, PowerShell Get Three, with guest Sidney Smith. Recorded Thursday, February 17th, 2022. Run As Radio is produced each week by Sound Thoughts LLC. For more information, visit SoundThoughtsLLC.com. You can follow us on Twitter at Twitter.com/slash/runasradio. Hey, this is Richard Campbell. Thanks for listening to Run As Radio. And today's guest is Sydney Smith. Sydney is a program manager on the PowerShell team at Microsoft. She owns PowerShell tooling space, including the editor experience package and module ecosystem and cloud integrations. She graduated from the Claremont McKenna College with a degree in math, economics, and computer science. A real computer science person. How about that? As opposed (laughs) to all of us who are just pretenders. (laughs) And we talked, whoa about a year ago when we were working on secrets management, which Mm -hmm. thanks for that. That was very useful for me to be able to pull directly from my key vault for a PowerShell script. So there's no intermediaries, no passwords embedded in scripts, please. Like that made me happy. It was a great capability.
1: Yeah, that's awesome to hear. Yeah.
0: Well, and I think that's what you wanted, right? Was that we want to be responsible with secrets. We don't want to leave stuff laying around and, uh, and just being able to make sure that PowerShell can get to secrets wherever they are rather than have to move them to where PowerShell needs them.
1: Right. Exactly.
0: Yeah. I understood. I was paying attention. <laughs> I'm glad, glad I, to hear that. A year ago. <laughs> glad
1: to hear I wasn't too boring. <laughs> no,
0: I not be close. Uh, I've been watching your posts and I usually retweet them or tweet them out as well about PowerShell Get. Mm-hmm. And uh and we've never talked about it on the show, which is kind of embarrassing. How did what's the explanation of PowerShell Get? What is this?
1: Yeah, so PowerShell Get is a PowerShell module. Mm-hmm. Um, and it gives you commands for doing things like discovering, installing, updating, and publishing powershell resources which are things like modules scripts and dsc resources and powershell get is commonly used with um what's called the powershell gallery right. which is a public online repository with all sorts of powershell resources um, that are both contributed by microsoft and community members mm-hmm. um but powershell get also integrates with a number of other um package artifact or repository solutions.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's so many, there's the new gets of the world. I just did a show on chocolatey, which is more of application management. Mm -hmm. Like arguably, I think folks have a tough time keeping track of all these different ways to go and get stuff. (laughs) Right, Like whatever that may be. Absolutely. Although to me, the gallery has always been about PowerShell scripts. Like somebody's already thought about the right way to pull this information out of active directory. Don't write it yourself. Go get it from the gallery.
1: Right. Yeah. And I think that um, when people wonder, like, what's the difference between, say, like, PowerShell GET and other package managers, Mm -hmm. um, PowerShell GET is really targeted to specifically work with PowerShell artifacts.
0: Right. So not that you also pull it from PowerShell, using PowerShell, but that it's also PowerShell stuff, not so much other code and, and so forth. Although a PowerShell artifact, I mean, that can be a big chunk of code. A lot of .NET code, too. I mean, I've seen some crazy PowerShell packages.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. There can be a wide variety of um, things and applications that those packages ultimately com- contain. But yeah, really, the goal is that they're um, things that you're going to eventually run in PowerShell.
0: Mm-hmm. And and can you build your own gallery? Like, if you want to have a repository of your scripts locally, you know, independent of going out to the to the main PowerShell gallery.
1: Yeah, that's definitely a functionality of um, PowerShell Get. You can register repositories. Mm-hmm. Um, so repository could just be like you mentioned a local file store. Right. Um, but there's also a number of other repositories that folks use, things like MyGet, Artifactory, mm-hmm. and there's always new ones popping
0: up. Right. What about stuff like GitHub? Like is good pl- GitHub a good place for me to put my company's PowerShell scripts?
1: Oh, Yeah, that's a great question. Um, So I think there's a couple of things that come to mind there. So first of all, I would say uh, a large number of uh, user publishers that publish to the PowerShell gallery Mm -hmm. actually host their repositories on GitHub. And the advantage of that is that you can link directly from your package page on the PowerShell gallery, and then folks have a way to submit issues to you, kind of get feedback. Well,
0: you get that whole social aspect of it, right? As well yeah, as absolutely. real source control that I have mm-hmm. all the versions changes, other people can contribute to it. You know, I, I've been meaning, I've always meant to write the book, uh, managing Inform- uh, it, when to throw the party. Right. Mm-hmm. And then one of the party moments for me is when somebody else on your team uses a script that you wrote. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, cause for years and years as old it folks, like we were, we carried around floppy disks or maybe you're more advanced, it carried USB keys with our scripts on it. Right? Ones mm-hmm. we wrote for ourselves. And when you whether and irrespective of language, power shall only be one of them. But when you got more sophisticated, it's like, hey, I want other people to be able to use these scripts. And I think you write scripts very differently when other people need to run them. Mm-hmm. And then the idea that you use source control on them and take contributions to them that are not you, that's another party. Like in terms of you should celebrate the fact that we're sophisticated enough. That we use that we have a central place for scripts that are used within our organization that anybody on it on the IT team can use and can modify. Like mm-hmm. to me, that's a real improvement in sophistication, and it's a, and it feels to me like PowerShell Get is part of making PowerShell a member of that, that. That we can externally and internally be able to to manage common PowerShell stuff.
1: Yeah, absolutely. If you're if you're just you know. Um maybe in a more isolated setting using PowerShell. Mm -hmm. Um, It's definitely a very powerful tool and you can solve all sorts of problems with it. But having access to the PowerShell gallery and the modules that um, so many folks, um, there's thousands of packages up there. You can solve so many more problems and so much faster um, by leveraging that network of tools.
0: 95,000 packages in the PowerShell gallery. (laughs) Yeah. I mean you, you can't even learn them all, right? There's so much stuff up there. It's extraordinary.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: So when did the when did get first show up? Did it first show up with seven?
1: Um so PowerShell Get um originally showed up with PowerShell three.
0: Holy man, is it that old? Yeah. Why have I not thought about this? That's crazy.
1: <laughs> I think because it's a module that ships in box in PowerShell. Right. Um I think some folks might not even realize that it's also its own module that's available on the gallery. Right. Um. Really, it's such an integrated part of the PowerShell experience. I think for so many people at this point, yeah, they don't that think it's PowerShell Get. It's yeah. just PowerShell. It's
0: just a yeah. command I use. It happens. Surprise! It's also a module, and exactly, and it's continuing yeah. to evolve. So, I mm-hmm. mean, it's interesting, like watching your posts about PowerShell Get three. Why do you need to update this? what do you what evolves on get that's important? It's not the you know if that's an interesting piece of thinking like that that you need a new version
1: yeah, so there's some um I would say some of the biggest um differences between PowerShell Get two and PowerShell get three is that uh, PowerShell get two or lower versions of PowerShell have this sort of complicated dependency structure mm-hmm. um it takes a dependency. On um, another module that's called package management or one get. And it also takes a dependency on a NuGet provider. And so in the past, it was written in um, this combination going back and forth sort of between um, PowerShell script and C sharp code. And this whole kind of structure created some pretty big architectural challenges with the older versions of PowerShell get that made it difficult for us to continue to maintain the code base and that way and address some of these top kind of bugs that kept popping up around the experience for installing and updating modules in particular.
0: Interesting. So, I mean, it it was hard for you guys internally as well as pretty challenging for us externally, like putting stuff into the gallery and so forth. It's not a trivial process. I mean, I know there's 95,000 packages up there now, but... You have to also take some skill to build a proper package and get it pushed up there.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think the publisher experience is something we certainly consider. Um, and with PowerShell Get v3, um, we have some changes to to hopefully make that publish experience a little bit more seamless. Mm-hmm. Um, and but yeah, you're totally correct in that. Um, both, it was difficult for us to like kind of make these incremental bug fixes as we led along, and also community members who were eager to jump in and <laughs> try and fix their own bugs um, would quickly find that it wasn't quite as simple as it looked on the surface. Yeah, sure. I think it's a um, the command line interface isn't doesn't seem that complicated um, when you first take a look at it, and I think even for me when I was like getting excited about this project to do PowerShell Get v3, it's kind of like oh, all we have to do is, like, install, update, find, publish packages? Like, this won't take that long. How hard,
0: hard but could actually, that be? <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's actually
1: quite a huge amount of complexity that goes into making those work in a pretty seamless way.
0: Yeah, lots of lots of little subtleties there. Uh, what do you do for... Ver- I mean, do you actually maintain multiple versions in the gallery? Is that an important part of the equation, or is it just always latest?
1: Yeah, so I think in terms of, like we really fix forward on latest versions right. of PowerShell get because PowerShell get ships inbox yeah. in PowerShell that does create a particular challenge around servicing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So we do continue to service um, older versions of PowerShell get as appropriate in the versions of PowerShell that they ship in that are still supported. But um, in terms of really like making incremental progress, uh, we really are focusing on um, future versions. And so I think that would be my biggest Take home message in general is like PowerShell Get v3 is the future, and that's where our team is investing.
0: Yeah, it's where you're putting the energy into. And by that same Mm -hmm. token, it's I think you can use three on older versions of PowerShell though. How how far back can you go?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you can go all the way back to PowerShell five. And I think in our research, we find that like not a ton of folks are still on versions. three and four of PowerShell. Yeah, yeah. Um, So really with 5+, plus, I think that covers most folks.
0: I'm kind of surprised how many folks are still on 5 too, but it 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 is one of those things, I think you, we take more trepidation to upgrade than is necessary. Like, are there really that many breaking changes between 5 and 6 or 5 and 7? I can't think of any.
1: There's some significant, I think, breaking changes between 5 and 6, yeah. but not so much between 5 and 7. Okay. Between 6 and 7, there was a pretty big investment to make sure that we close that compatibility gap. Right. So I would say um, that if folks are afraid of compatibility, then um, you know, I would encourage them to investigate seven and see see what works. I think the biggest challenge I hear with folks on PowerShell 5, um, is just the fact that it ships inbox. Yeah, I and mean, that's another challenge that we're we're working to address, but there's some limitations there based on servicing agreements.
0: Yeah, it's interesting to think in terms of if I'm building out uh, a script for building on a machine. Mm-hmm. The fact that I'm I know when I get the OS installed I have 5. Right. Like if I was going to upgrade it, I should upgrade it right then, probably to mm-hmm. 72, I imagine. Yeah. Hanging around with you, I'm going to go get 72. Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> and then <laughs> and then of course you could write your scripts differently cuz you get a lot more capability in 7. But if mm-hmm. you built a, if if I built a bunch of scripts that were based on 5, for that time, I'm probably pretty loath to change them. Actually, they work. Yeah, like it's not a thing right. I'm going to target to to make any changes, and that's why five probably persists mm-hmm, more, absolutely. Than, more than eight, for better or worse. Probably for Right. Work. And
1: I, yeah, I think I'm, I'm not going to be super prescriptive of like, I think most of us, even on the PowerShell team, kind of hold the attitude that like, if it's working for you, like, rock on. Yeah. And we're going to keep moving forward at the same time. Yeah.
0: So it's all right. Yeah. And you're going to keep doing new things and, and adding new capability and so forth. And the fact that you do, you know, are improving PowerShell GET and it will still run on five just is more encouraging for me to stay in place for better or worse, Sydney. But uh, not yeah, that I really that want you true. to lynch. But you've been working on three for a long time. Like uh, preview 12 was in December. Mm -hmm. Around the time that this show comes out, I guess, is there going to be a preview 13?
1: Yeah, we're expecting preview 13, um, to be, to be out then. So I'll speak as though it's out, Yeah. but, um, preview 13 is going to be a pretty significant release for us. As you mentioned, um, or as it's obvious in the name, right? 13 preview releases is quite a few, but this one's a big milestone for us because we expect to be feature complete with this release. Yeah, so after preview 13, we're really encouraging folks to especially start testing this out if you haven't already because all the functionality, is expected to be there and now is really the time to give us that feedback if things aren't working because we will be hitting the sort of rc train um very shortly after that
0: so likely not a preview 14 then or maybe that but you're getting close to release candidate at this point
1: Definitely getting close to release candidate. I would give it a, uh, my best guess at this point would be a 50-50 on whether we do a preview 14. Um, I don't want to ask
0: you to predict so much future here too.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, But um, definitely getting to those last preview releases and expecting to hit the RC sooner rather than later.
0: Right, right. Yeah. Now, why so many previews are you Is it really about getting feedback from the from the users like you put out a build and see how people are interacting with it, try to play with the version is that that the model you're using
1: yeah that's that's pretty much the main reason I think why we've done so many preview releases mm-hmm. um in some ways I think uh from the developer perspective, it's very tempting to want to you know really polish everything up before we put anything out the door but i think we recognize just with how involved our powershell community is and how right. useful they are in providing feedback to us uh, and since this is such a big project we've been really conscious to like every time we have something available get it out there get the feedback and then keep iterating
0: well and it also if i've built up a bunch of scripts it's very easy for me to in an isolated vm play with these new versions against my scripts and just see what breaks and what doesn't, what behaves and what doesn't. Like just from mm-hmm. that perspective alone, I mean, that's your biggest challenge, right? So much install code base, so much existing code that needs to run. Does it? Does your script run okay or not? And I don't know there's any other way to find that out. Like it's not, that's not a simple thing to test, except to do it.
1: Right, absolutely. Yeah. And I think one other thing um, that kind of relates to what we were talking about earlier is that from our perspective, there's a certain number of repositories we can test against. Of course, in our testing, we test against the PowerShell gallery. Right. Of course, we test against local file sh- stores, but there's so many other repositories out oh, there yeah. that we have no way of knowing exist, let alone testing with. So having our users test it out is so useful yeah, for us in that way.
0: To you. And Sydney, I'm going to interrupt for one moment for this very important message. When you're trying to find a Wi-Fi issue affecting your access points or figure out why a specific client won't connect to the network, you need the right tool for the job. MetaGeek has been in the Wi-Fi business for over 15 years with products like WiSpy and Insider. Their passion is helping users visualize their wireless landscape to simplify Wi-Fi troubleshooting. MetaGeek's latest Wi-Fi analysis and troubleshooting entry is MetaGeek Tonic, the perfect blend of visual Wi-Fi scanning, packet capture, and packet analysis. Tonic performs real-time packet analytics, leveraging beautiful visualizations to remove mental obstacles and promote understanding of technical issues so that the user can resolve network problems. Drill down to specific Wi-Fi clients to see all the traffic exchanged with the access point and the exact Wi-Fi frame shown in an easy-to-read packet flow. Visit metageek.com slash Tonic to download a free trial and see why Tonic is the perfect tool for finding the root cause of Wi-Fi issues. And we're back. It's Run As Radio. I'm Richard Catnell. That's Sydney Smith. Getting a chance to chat again about, about all the PowerShell goodness and specifically PowerShell Get. So I'm looking at the feature list in PowerShell Get 3, because we for you know mm-hmm. we already said that, talked about this. We're like, well, why do we need more versions of PowerShell Get? Right. The compat PowerShell Get module mm-hmm. seems very clever. Like, aha. I don't have to rewrite all this stuff that I wrote for mm-hmm. get two because I can mm-hmm. run and get two mode in three. Yeah. Am I reading that right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And like one of our biggest goals with PowerShell get V3 is to kind of create this smooth transition point. And if we really do want large adoption of PowerShell Get V3. I think it's really important to acknowledge all the work that our users have put into integrating with PowerShell Get 2 over the years right? and would hate that to go to waste. It's always the classic trade-off of like wanting to make breaking changes because we think we can improve the experience yeah. and also recognizing that folks have already invested work in PowerShell Get V2. So having the compatibility layer, I think is going to be really key to kind of bridging that gap.
0: Like this looks like I could do a search and replace on my existing PowerShell get two stuff to use the compat module and know that it would run in three. And then go then later I can go back and tweak it. But if I this actually gives me a way to retire two pretty quickly without having to go rewrite everything. Just do some search and replaces.
1: Exactly. That's definitely the idea is that with the compatibility, if you have the compatibility module, which is called Compat PowerShell Get and is also available in preview on the PowerShell Gallery today, Mm -hmm. um, along with PowerShell Get V3, you can continue to use the syntax from PowerShell Get V2, and it should mostly work with all common use scenarios of PowerShell Get.
0: Okay. As far as you've been able to test it, it's in preview for a reason. (laughs) <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah.
1: I would say that's that's going to be um a big part of like getting to the GA state is getting really good testing on the compatibility layer yeah. as well.
0: But I but I think this is a clever way of thinking about I can get you using 3 without having to rewrite all your code and then mm-hmm. you can start looking at some of the 3 advantages you've got which I don't mm-hmm. think we spent enough time on here because there's a bunch of there's more cool stuff in 3 that makes your life better, right?
1: Oh, yeah, um, absolutely. I think with the with 3, we really went with the principle of making things just work for mm. you. Uh, I think one of the most frustrating common experiences I hear with folks using PowerShell Get V2 is that you go to install something and then you realize you need another parameter and then another one and another one. So we really went to towards simplifying the interface and allowing things to sort of like just work. And one example of this would be adding priority to um PS resource repositories. So if you have PS resource, or if you have repositories registered today mm-hmm. and you're using two, say you have a package with, a, with the same name in multiple repositories. Right. If you try and run an install command, it's going to fail because it's not going to know which one you right. want. Um, but by adding um, r- priorities for repositories, you can rank them so you know which one it, you want it to use first, and then it'll just install from that the first one it finds.
0: Right, and the first one that in the order that you've done. So the first one exactly. doesn't have it; it does still go to the second one instead of failing. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Yes. Like there's no way to do this without this capability, right? If I I could call them individually, but if it doesn't have it, it's still going to mm-hmm. fail, mm-hmm. and then you got to go on from there. So rather than do all the error handling, just give me a priority list, and the first one that succeeds, that's good. Stop.
1: Right. Exactly.
0: Uh, good idea. I like that and it, and this is very much this i have an internal repository and if it's not there go to the gallery for it like at the simplest level that would make a lot of sense yeah for sure yeah okay good one clever what about the breaking changes side of things like yeah. you know what you're up against here like some look if you've gone down this path you're going to have some troubles
1: I would say there's one pretty huge um, breaking change that folks will find as soon as they start playing with the modules, which is that we have changed the name of the commandlets. Or, in other words, we've changed what the commandlets are. In the past, you would use, um, for example, find module or install module, find script, find DSC resource, install. Script, that sort of thing. There was right. different commandlets for each resource type, and we've actually combined them all into a single commandlet. So now it would be find PS resource in, or install PS resource. And so I would say that that's probably the most obvious, like big breaking change at the start. And once again, that's something that will be handled by the compatibility layer. And the hope is that folks over time um, can adopt the new c- syntax with new scripts.
0: And with these unified syntax, then it's just a parameter for you still can get all the things you always could get before or find all the things you find before, but you're now using a parameter for what it is you're trying to find.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So say you're um, looking for a particular resource and you want to search for it. Right. If there are like module scripts and DSC resources that all fall into that category, you can have them all return mm-hmm. and see your options. Alternatively, there's also a type parameter um, as part of the commandlet. So if you know you just want to look at scripts, you just um, indicate that.
0: Or more importantly, if there is a DSC resource, I don't want this. Just look at scripts for this one. Right. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that... Th- there's an interesting set of – I got to know that there, – believe there's a bunch of philosophical conversations you had here over this. I know why oh, it yeah. was split out back in the day, mm-hmm. but then to, to make the decision to combine it, to make this breaking change, because it does – it's it's very similar to that same conversation around uh the compat stuff, where it's like, I just want this to just work. So mm-hmm. I don't care where it is. Just find a thing mm-hmm. called Axe. Don't make me yep. make four commands to find it. Right. Yeah, totally. One, it, it, when I don't care. When I do care, I'll give you a parameter. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. How did this get so complicated? PowerShell seems like such a simple thing.
1: <laughs> There's a lot of use cases. Yeah. I think that that's where a lot of the complexity really does come from is that, I mean, that's the thing about PowerShell is that we have so many different users doing so many different things and... Um, it's always the balance of trying to solve for everyone without yeah. kind of blocking anyone from doing their use case. And so we see that with PowerShell, yet there's so many different types of resources people want to use and so many different environments. And so trying to make that a just work experience for everyone necessarily probably introduces some complexity. Yeah.
0: So it's not, not a trivial thing. And I see in your 12 preview, there's still features coming down the pipe for three. Mm -hmm. Uh, The the sort of new script file info, test script file info. Mm -hmm. So what's happening here?
1: Yeah, so um, there are a few commandlets and parameters that we haven't completed yet. And as you mentioned, um, they will be coming in preview 13. So Mm -hmm. I think a couple of them that I would just want to highlight that I think are pretty exciting that will be coming down the the pipeline. One is actually integration with secret management for credential persistence in PS repositories. So in the past, if you, you register a repository, every time you make a call to that repository, In that, say, install or find command, you have to pass in the credential. Right. Now, we created an option for credential persistence. So you can provide basically a pointer to where the credential is stored at registration time for your repository. Mm -hmm. And then the commandlets will know where to securely pull that each time that they're run. So you're cleaning
0: that out of my code now. I don't have to can put it with every command, it's like, right. hey, it's here, now do all these commands. Mm-hmm. And every time you exactly. need authentication, go get the credentials. I've told right. you where they are. Yeah, that's that's a little tidier. They, that, yeah, that's, I think so. That feels like pure experience, right? Because mm-hmm. in every demo, you're always passing your credentials anyway. It's only yeah. when this script gets big where it's like, well, how many times do I have to add this credential stuff?
1: Mm-hmm. Like, why?
0: Yeah. why, why, why? Why? Can we talk a little bit about DSC and sort of the state of affairs? Cause it feels like, like desired state configuration has gone through some iterations too.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that that's a big question that comes up all the time is like, what's going on with DSC? Like mm-hmm. what's next with um, DSC? And there have been like many iterations through it. DSC version three is kind of in the pipeline um, right now. And I, I'm personally not an expert in D S C that's yeah, not your job, right? Not my not my area of expertise, but there's definitely work going on there and um would encourage folks who are interested in that to kind of read on more on the D S C roadmap and also participate in there's a monthly DSC community call as well. Nice.
0: And it's another one of those things where I'm always surprised all of the things that folks have done with it. Even mm-hmm. though, uh, you know, it it has gone through lots of iterations too. Like they're they're definitely trying to figure out what that ultimately looks like, uh, uh, just like PowerShell itself.
1: Yeah. I think it's one of those things, too, where it's, um, I think uh, sometimes we're surprised just how many people um, are using things like DSC mm-hmm. um, and have really built whole systems around it. Um, and so wanting to continue to support those folks while also making more innovations yeah. in that area.
0: Not actually breaking things along the way, too. Right? Mm-hmm. Just yeah. Keeping that going. What I mean, what are you seeing people use DSC for? Like, for me, as a guy who did a lot of web performance tuning, it was I have a cluster of web servers, and I want their configurations to always be identical. And DSC mm-hmm. was a way to push that configuration and let me know when it mm-hmm. drifted.
1: Mm-hmm. Right?
0: There's been other tools for that, but this was one that was built into Windows, and it was it's pretty good at it. Yeah. But that's not the only thing. Like, people use it for all sorts of things.
1: Yeah, for sure. I think where I encounter it the most is um, through PowerShell Get, seeing folks open issues in PowerShell Get around um, using DSC resource to make sure they have particular modules um, configured on machines. Hmm. So that's definitely the the space that I see it the most. Um, and that could be any number of reasons, I guess, why you would want particular modules depending on what they are.
0: Yeah, making sure that stuff actually runs so forth. I mean, it's almost mm-hmm. like you're using DSC to enforce a kind of policy on the system, mm-hmm. right? That, that I want these things and I want these versions and, and just do them, right? I I, can, I put it, the policy is the DSC resource file, effectively.
1: Right, and I think Azure um, guest policy has really been a true parallel track to DSC.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think it's part of the confusion because there are other policy mechanisms too. There are the Intunes of the world and, <laughs> you know, those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. So what about PowerShell get four?
1: Ooh, PowerShell get four.
0: (laughs) I mean, I I see the repository for V next. So clearly there are things that are being pushed out as you're close to feature complete. It's like not going to make three.
1: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I would say that that's actually a pretty key point around PowerShell Get V3 as well, is that with PowerShell Get V3, our goal is really to create this new stable platform that we can build off of mm-hmm. and sort of iterate more quickly across these top customer issues. We made a big effort, a big push to go through all of the issues that have been reported over time on PowerShell Get and address as many of them as we possibly can in the three milestone. But of course, there's always more things to address. And more features that we can continue to build on and so with that goal of having sort of a more maintainable code base for our team we definitely expect to to keep iterating so um even if you don't see your issue uh popping up in the three milestone and you see it in the v-next i wouldn't get too discouraged just continue to give us that feedback well and maybe i'm speaking
0: out of turn here because v-next doesn't necessarily mean four it might be three one
1: well, that yeah, that's what I was. That's what I was kind of thinking. I yeah. think when I when you said four, I was like four.
0: <laughs> My head's not
1: even there yet. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I think
0: you know it's an interesting angle of making software for folks too. Is this when do we declare a major version number? Like why mm-hmm. isn't this two point three? And you know, I think what current is two two five.
1: Yeah, two two five. And I think the answer right is that this is a major breaking change. It's a
0: breaking change. That's the male yeah. milestone. So you you keep taking feedback. I mean, some of these. Some of these things in VNext were clearly contributed by the community, right? There, people are writing in your GitHub repository for next version features and you guys Mm -hmm. can, can assess them that way. But it's got to, it's interesting to think about what is the threshold where you decide to make a change. It's going to be a breaking change that would make it a Mm -hmm. four and not a dot X, uh, rev. Mm -hmm. And I don't know that you've assessed any of these enough to say that that would be true yet.
1: Yeah, I think it, it has to be a pretty compelling case, especially in a module like PowerShell Get. As we've mentioned, I think a few times now, PowerShell Get is a module that ships Inbox in PowerShell. Right. So keeping it stable is really important to us. And it's definitely a place where, in general, since we are making that commitment to folks, we try our best to <laughs> to be less likely to sure. have breaking changes.
0: But I mean, like I said, Inbox, that means it ships as part of Windows too, right? Like...
1: Yeah, so that's actually an interesting interesting yeah. point. So,
0: Oh, and we will at some point.
1: Yeah, yeah. So older versions of um, PowerShell Get certainly ship Inbox in Windows right. um, as a part of Windows PowerShell. I think our long-term vision is to actually replace the Inbox Windows PowerShell version of PowerShell Get with 3 in the compatibility layer at some point. But that's a... There's a lot of processes I guess yeah. to kind of get to that point in the much nearer future we are planning on shipping PowerShell get V3 in PowerShell right. PowerShell 7
0: So when you sell seven you'll get get you'll get get three but you haven't gotten PowerShell 7 into a version of Windows per se yet right
1: right yeah exactly so that's that's kind of where the distinction yeah. happens
0: that's probably about both of our pay grades.
1: Well, yeah I think so <laughs> if, I, if I could make the decision to put PowerShell 7 in inbox and Windows I would I would do it
0: yeah like server 22 or Windows 11 like you kind of think they they would have been in the box but I don't think it's up to either of us certainly not me
1: yeah so actually like the one of the biggest I'd say there's two big challenges that we run into with this the first is that um, Windows has a five year plus five year support life cycle yeah. whereas dot net, um, which obviously PowerShell takes a major dependency on, is a three plus three right. support lifecycle. So there's not really a way to reconcile that. Um, and the second issue is just size. It's really hard to convince um folks to increase the size of Windows.
0: Yeah, even though it's this thing we're going to get anyway. It's like, oh, no, uh, you're making Windows bigger. It's PowerShell. Come on.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So I think our focus has really been instead on creating more avenues or easier ways to install PowerShell 7.
0: Well, and get into that reflex of when I'm building a machine, shortly after the OS comes up, you go get the latest version of PowerShell.
1: Mm -hmm, Absolutely. Because
0: the further you spend time on the default version of PowerShell, the harder it is to move off of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. Interesting problem. And yeah, interesting set of politics. Well, Sydney, congratulations. It uh, looks like it's getting close. Yeah, so definitely. not not too much longer before we're going to have mm-hmm. uh, three in play. And definitely some great features going on there. Thanks so much for coming back on the show.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for having me.
0: And we'll talk to you next time on Run As Radio.